0: following sermon entitled trusting jehovah in life's pathway was preached on the morning of april 2nd 2023 at hope protestant Reformed church in redlands california if you enjoy listening to our sermons we encourage you to come worship with us for more information on upcoming service times and bible study opportunities please visit our website at hopeprc.org let's open god's word this morning to the book of proverbs Let's read Proverbs chapter 3, the first 20 verses. Proverbs chapter 3, this is the inspired word of our God. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days, and long life, and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It, will, it shall be health to thy navel, and morrow to thy bones." Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. so So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. And the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things that and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, by understanding hath He established the heavens. By His knowledge the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop down the dew. Thus far we read God's Word. The text for this morning's sermon is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 are perhaps the most well-known and most treasured verses in the att- entire book of Proverbs. These are verses that are near and dear to the hearts of God's people. These are verses that many of us have memorized. And these are verses that we go back to again and again, especially in times of difficulty. These words have rich meaning for the church as a whole. And they're significant. To you too, Julia. When as a part of your confession of faith, the question was asked, tell us one of your favorite passages of Scripture and why it's so meaningful. This was the passage you pointed to. And then you went on to explain the significance of these verses for you personally. It was in light of that that I thought it was appropriate to use this passage for this occasion, the public confession of faith of Miss Julia Howerzell, because these verses are not just some of the favorite verses of the person who made confession of faith, but they're entirely appropriate for the occasion. Because Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 calls us to trust in our God as we walk down life's pathway. This morning... Julia made a confession of faith in Jesus Christ. That is, she believes Jesus Christ is her Savior so that she does not look to herself for her salvation. She does not look to anything that she has done, but she trusts in her Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. And there's nothing more important than that. But you see, we are to trust in our God and our Savior for more than just our salvation. We're to trust our lives to Him. And that's the idea of this particular passage. We're to trust our paths, our ways to our God that He will surely direct us down the right paths, that He will give us the strength we need to walk down life's pathway. And so this is indeed an appropriate passage for the occasion. And so this morning, let's consider Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, using as our theme, trusting Jehovah in life's pathway. First, we'll look at the meaning. Second, we'll look at the reasons for trusting Him. And then third, the comfort that this provides. Trusting Jehovah in life's pathway. The meaning, the reasons, the comfort. A large part of why this proverb is so well-known and so treasured is that it speaks very directly to our lives as God's people. And that's evident from the language found in verse 6. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Two words that are synonymous in meaning, ways and paths, both of which Referring to some road, to some trail, to some path along which one walks. So that the figure, the illustration in the passage, is that of someone who's on a journey, going from one place to another place. And what's in view is the whole of our lives. So that our lives from the time that we are born until the day that we die and everything that takes place in between is likened to being on these paths, to being in these ways. Life's journey is what's in view. And the language of the passage does justice to the fact that there's so many different aspects to our lives. Notice that both of those words are plural. In all all thy ways with an S at the end. Acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Understood is that for someone, most often to get from one place to another, it's usually not just one path that you have to take, but there's, there's multiple different paths. You, you start down this path, you take a turn here, and then you go along a different road, and then you finally reach your destination. And so it is for life. There are many different roads that we find ourselves on. For there are many different stages of life. There's our early childhood years. There's the time that we are in school. There's our teenage years. Our our time as a young adult. And all the different stages that follow after that. Each one of them like a different path. A different road. But then, what is more, within each of those stages, there are so many different aspects of our lives. Different spheres in which God places of different stations and callings. And all of that is in view. So that when Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6 speaks of our paths, our ways, it has in view the totality, the entirety of our lives. And it's noteworthy that God's Word speaks to this. Certainly, the primary reason God gives us His Word is to reveal to us Jesus Christ. And everything we need to know that we might be saved by faith in Jesus Christ. What is more, God's Word tells us how He is to be worshipped because our chief end in life is to glorify our God and He does not leave us guessing with regard to what's pleasing to Him. But though those things, might, though those things stand on the foreground on God's Word, nevertheless, God's Word also addresses much more mundane things such as everyday life. And that's really what the book of Proverbs is largely about. It's giving us practical wisdom for how to live our lives here below. And it speaks to such things as our lives and our journey down life's pathway. And thus, this Word addresses each one of us in our own lives. This Word speaks to you, Julia. Julia. Your paths, your ways, not the roads you take from your house to get to the university that you're attending, not the different paths you might have walked this past week from a very literal physical point of view, but the entirety of your life, from your earliest years to the point you are now, as well as everything in the future. The fact that you are a daughter, a sister, a member of the Christian church, a student, an employee, each of those spheres of your life, all of that is in view. And that applies to every one of us. And we do not have the time this morning to elaborate on all the different aspects of everyone's life, but this passage does speak to him. But what's so... But what makes this passage so meaningful is not just that it speaks to life's pathway, but what it teaches us about life's pathway. And the what, the main thing in view here, is the calling that we have to trust in our God as we walk down life's pathway. That's the language in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. We have in this verse an example of what's called antithetical parallelism. Part of Hebrew poetry, which the book of Proverbs is Hebrew poetry, is that it's known for the parallel statements. Two statements that stand side by side. They're parallel to each other that both speak to the the same topic the same concept and many times those two statements are identical in such a way that they're really synonyms to each other so that there are there's what we call synonymous parallelism and we have an example of that in verse 11 for example verse 11 is my son despise not the chastening of the Lord neither be weary of his correction Both of those phrases are saying the exact same thing, but using different words to help us understand the point being made. And really, the one helps us understand the other. So that's an example of what's called synonymous parallelism. In verse 5, we have an example of what's called antithetical parallelism. In that the two statements are parallel, but they're really exact opposites of each other. They are parallel, They're both speaking to the the same topic, the same concept, because both statements have to do with trusting someone. That's the language. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And then, lean not unto thine own understanding so that you have the, the calling to trust. That is, to confide in, to rely upon someone. And then there's that language of leaning. That is, supporting oneself on depending on something. And both this word trust and lean have the idea of putting your confidence in something to hold you up. To support your weight. So that I can trust in this pulpit. I can lean upon this pulpit. And I do so with confidence because this is a solidly built pulpit made out of good materials. But I would not lean upon trust this pulpit, if it was made out of cardboard, it would surely fall over and meet with it when I leaned upon it. Or to use another example, you can picture someone, an aged saint, who has a, a walker or a, a cane. Someone may very well trust a sturdy piece of wood as a walking cane. Or one of the modern day walkers that you can really trust your weight to. Confident that it will hold you up, but no one would trust a broken reed. Both statements in Proverbs 3, verse 5 have that in view. Trusting your weight. Trusting something to hold up your weight as you lean upon it. So these are parallel statements, but now they're antithetical statements at the same time. They're exact opposites in that One is stating the matter positively. The other is negative. Who we should trust and whom we should not trust. Verse 5, positively, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Trust in the Lord. Rely upon Him. Lean upon Him with the confidence that He can support you, that He can hold you up. That positively, negatively, do not lean upon yourself. Lean not on thine own understanding. Our understanding being our ability to think, to know, to reason. Our understanding being our ability to process information, come to conclusions, and make decisions accordingly. Do not lean on your own understanding. Which is really to say, do not lean. Do not trust in yourself. That's the meaning. But now we need to ask the question, for what? What are we to trust God for? And what are we not to trust ourselves for? And that question is necessary because if we just leave it at trust God, well, it's so vague, it's so general that we're not left without any specific direction with regard to how this applies to our lives. So, what are we to trust God for? And the answer is found in verse 6 with regard to life's pathway. The two verses go together. We explained how these verses are addressing life's pathway, and now we have seen the calling to trust, and now we bring those ideas together. Trust God with regard to life's pathway. And there are really two ideas embedded in that. First, trusting God means trusting Him to conduct us down the right pathway. That is, trusting God's providence in our lives, His plan for our lives. And that's an important word for us because we are so tempted to lean on our own understanding. To think, I know what's best for me. Because after all, this is my life. I know what I want in life. I know what goals I have. And therefore, I know what's best. I know how life ought to go. That is, we're tempted to lean on our own understanding of what we think is right, of what we think is best for us. And this is exposed exactly when life does not go according to plan. That's the experience of every one of us. We all have that when we have something in mind and then it doesn't turn out that way. It doesn't go as we had hoped. And our default response is to say, this is all wrong. This is not the right path. This is not what I wanted in life. And what's coming out when we respond that way is that we are leaning on our own understanding. And it's over against that that God's Word calls us to trust in the Lord. That is, trust Him with regards to life's pathway and conducting each one of us down the right path. Because God in eternity has indeed planned out our lives. Every detail... Every circumstance, everything that we do, everything that will ever happen to us, it's all been planned. And in His providence, He is governing us. He's governing everything that happens to us so that we go down the very path that He has marked out for us in eternity. And now this Word of God is coming to us and telling us, trust Him. Trust that the path that He wants you to go down is just the right path. With all the twists, with all the turns, with all the bumps, it's still the path He wants you to take. So on the one hand, we are to trust God to bring us down the right path for each one of us. But now there's more to this calling. Because along with that, we are to trust for God to give us the strength for that path. And to go down that path and to be pilgrims and strangers here below. And again, this is so important because of the temptation for us to lean upon our own understanding. And Now, here the idea is not lean upon our own understanding of what's right, what's best, but lean upon our own understanding in the sense of our abilities our gifts, our creativity, our perseverance. We're tempted to think, well, I can get through this. Even though I don't see a path forward, I'll find a path forward. I'm going to... And then fill in the blank. Whatever it looks like of trusting in ourselves. Of thinking, I've got this. I'm able of myself to get to where I need to go. That's a temptation for us. And it's over against that temptation that God's word says do not trust in yourself, but trust in the Lord. Trust in Jehovah. Trust his strength. Trust him as the one who will carry us and enable us to walk down life's pathway. Trust in his spirit, the one who energizes us and empowers us to lead a new and godly life. Trust in His Word, which is a lamp to our feet and a light before our path to give us direction concerning what's right, what's best in this life. Trust in the Lord and in His strength. That's the calling that comes to us. Now the passage becomes even more specific because it tells us not just to not only not to trust in ourselves but instead to trust in Jehovah but it teaches us about what this trust in Jehovah should look like and first of all this trust should be a genuine trust and we say that in light of the language in the passage trust in the Lord with all thine heart with your whole heart our hearts being our spiritual centers our hearts being that inner part of us the mind the the will the affections and it's out of the heart that all of the issues of life arise and this passage is saying trust in him from the heart and with all your heart that is our trust should not be something we fake it's not just something we say i trust in god but then There's a gap between what we say and what we actually believe in our heart. Nor should this trust be a sort of halfway trust, a tentative trust. I'll put part of my weight upon Jehovah, but not quite all of it. Not that. But it is to be a genuine trust. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. It's to be a genuine trust. Second, it's to be a comprehensive trust. And we say that in line of verse 6, in all thy ways, acknowledge Him. Not just certain parts of my life. Not just some aspects. So that I'll trust Him with regard to my salvation. That yes, He'll save me from my sins, but with regard to my physical well-being, well, that's on me or I'll trust Him with regard to finances that He'll provide what I stand in need of, but I'm not going to trust Him with regard to relationships. Over against that, Scripture says, in all thy ways. On every single path, at every turn, at every twist, in every facet of our lives, we are to trust in Jehovah. So this must be a genuine trust. It's to be a comprehensive trust. And finally, to really reiterate a point we've already made, it's to be an exclusive trust. And that's the point of that antithetical parallelism. Do not lean upon your own understanding, but instead trust in the Lord. That is, it ought not be, well, I'll trust Jehovah with most of this. With most of what's going on in my life. But this part over here, I'm gonna hold on to that. I'm gonna take care of this. That ought not be. Should not be well I'm, when I'm feeling good, when everything's going to plan, well, then I can take care of myself. But then when things start to go not so well, then then it would be nice to get a little bit of help. Not that either. Because we are to lean not on our own understanding, but to trust that is lean upon the Lord. And we ought not lean upon our own understanding because we recognize that our understanding has been affected by the fall into sin. And certainly we must still use our understanding. The passage is not saying don't think at all, don't try to reason. That's not the point. But even as we learn, even as we grow, even as we make use of our understanding. That's different than trusting, leaning upon our own understanding, because our understanding needs to be guided by God's Word, so that our trust is not in ourselves, but in in God's Word, in the Spirit, to take that Word and to give us a right understanding of it and to apply it to our hearts. Trust in the Lord. Exclusively. Exclusively. Not upon yourselves. So that's the meaning. That's the calling. But now if we're ever going to trust someone, that person has to be trustworthy. There has to be some ground, some reason, a foundation upon which our trust is built. And the good news of God's word is that our God is entirely trustworthy. There are good reasons for us to trust Him in life's pathway. First, we are to trust in Jehovah God because He is the covenant God of our salvation. That comes out from the name that is used here trust in the Lord. With all capital letters indicating the name here is Jehovah. And that's significant because the Spirit theoretically could have put any name into that phrase. He could have put trust in the Most High, trust in the Holy One of Israel, trust in God Almighty. But the Spirit did not choose any of those names for our God. He chose this one trust in the Lord, Jehovah. He used the name that emphasizes this is the God of the covenant. This is the God who has established his covenant with us so that we are his people and he is our God. He has committed himself to us and he has bonded us to himself. And what is more, he graciously maintains this covenant. For every day, we give him a thousand reasons to say to us, You're not my people anymore. To forsake us, to abandon us, but yet in his loving kindness, he refuses to wash his hands of us, his sinful people. And all of this is true because of the saving work of Jesus Christ. For you see, Jesus Christ really is the fulfillment of that covenant. Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, that is God with us, God come down from heaven, clothed in humanity, to live and to dwell. In our midst. And it's on the basis of Christ's saving work that we who were the enemies of God are now made his covenantal friends. We were at enmity. We were at warfare with God on account of Adam's fall into sin and our participation in that. But Jesus Christ has reconciled us back to our God. That's Romans 5, verses 8 and 10, 8 through 10. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us much more than being now justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him for if when we were debt if when we were enemies we are reconciled to God by the death of his son much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life we who were the enemies of God have been reconciled we We are now the friends of our God. And now the point is that this is reason to trust Him. If this was not true, then we would have no confidence in this God. If He was not the covenant God of our salvation, the only thing He would be to us is this just and avenging deity. And therefore, the only thing that we could count on, the only thing that we could be confident in is that He would surely punish us for all of our sins. But the saving work of Christ changes that. Because He's the covenant God of our salvation, that means we can trust in Him. Because He loves us. He loves us so much that He gave His only begotten Son to die on the cross for us. He's for us. That is, He wants what's best for us. And He's going to use... Everything in our lives for our good that is for our salvation. And that then is reason to trust Him as we walk down life's pathway. That the path that He's marked out for us is a path that He picked out in His love for us. It's a path that ends in heaven. Heaven. That's the the destination. That's the the end goal. And He's leading us there. Trust Him. Because He is the covenant God of your salvation. Second, we have reason to trust Him because He is the God of infinite wisdom. The God of infinite wisdom. And we bring that in because we're in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is the outstanding revelation of God's wisdom as far as which book of the Bible reveals His wisdom. This book is all about the value of wisdom and what it is to walk in wisdom's ways. And if we ask, where does this wisdom come from? The answer is from the author. From God Himself. He is the source of wisdom because He Himself is wisdom a part of His being. It's a part of His identity. And that's revealed throughout Scripture that our God is a wise God. For example, in Romans 11 verses 33 and 34, we read this, O the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out! For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been His counselor our God is a wise God which means he has a perfect knowledge of everything and he's able to use that knowledge to achieve the best possible goal the the highest end namely his own glory and our salvation with those two things wrapped up together God knows what's best and he knows the best way to bring about that best thing and we see that especially in Jesus Christ. I said a moment ago that the book of Proverbs is the highest revelation of His wisdom. And then I quickly added as far as a book of the Bible because I did not like that phrase because really Jesus Christ is the highest revelation of God's wisdom. For you see, from a human point of view, It takes much wisdom to build a beautiful, ornate building. But it takes much greater wisdom for an architect or a builder to see that building that he designed and built defaced, ruined. But then to take that same building And to make it even more beautiful. To redesign it in such a way that it's even better than what it was before. Well, our God's wisdom is seen especially in Jesus Christ because in the beginning He made a good, beautiful, and glorious creation so that the imprint of God's wisdom is found everywhere in the world around us. But then... It was all ruined. Man plunged himself and all of humanity into sin. And the entire creation was made subject to the curse. Sin defaced God's good creation, His good design and what He had built. But His wisdom is that was the plan all along. His wisdom is seen in that He created all things and sovereignly ruled that there would be a fall to make way for Christ who takes what was ruined by sin and not just restores it to its original state, but elevates it. He, he makes it even better. For Christ's saving work is not just that He rescues us from our sin, but He's, he's going to bring us to glory. He's going to bring us to the new heavens and the new earth. So that Christ is the highest revelation of God's wisdom. And we see that especially at the cross. Something that seemed all wrong. There's no way any good could come of this. Is the very thing God used to save us. He is a wise God, an infinitely wise God, and therefore He is trustworthy. You can lean upon Him and His wisdom. You can count on this. You can rely upon His wisdom and His knowledge of what's best for us because He does know what's best. And the part of His wisdom is He knows how to even use those things that seem all wrong that seem backwards for our good. So that the twists, the turns, the, the bumps that we encounter as we walk down His life's pathway, they're all a part of what He's using to bring us to heaven. He knows just the right path for each one of His people. And therefore, we are to trust Him. And finally, we are to trust Him because He's the faithful God of all grace. First, because He is the covenant God of our salvation. Second, because He's the God of infinite wisdom. And third, because He's the faithful God of all grace. And that's the testimony of the whole of Scripture. This was Asa's confession in 2 Chronicles 14, verse 11. Lord, it is nothing with Thee to help. Whether with many or with them that have no power, God is faithful. That's seen in a book like or a chapter such as Psalm seventy-eight, which is one long record of God's faithfulness in caring for His unfaithful people, that God is faithful to help it comes out from the Lord's word to the Apostle Paul in Second Corinthians twelve verse nine. My grace is sufficient for thee; for my strength. He is made perfect in weakness. And all this to say is, in his faithfulness, God helps us. He cares for us. He has a proven track record of strengthening his people in time of need, of coming to their aid in the midst of battle, of picking them up when they themselves have fallen. And again, we see this especially in Christ. For God's grace, that is, that spiritual power that He gives to us is something that's stored up in Jesus Christ. It's one of the blessings that Christ has earned for us and now freely gives to us by His Spirit. So that it's the Spirit of Christ who is the One strengthening us, upholding us, and causing us to stand It's the Spirit of Christ who works in us to persevere as we walk down life's pathway. Because our God is ever faithful to help. That then is reason to trust. Because we're not left to our own strength. We're not left to rely upon our own understanding in the sense of our abilities, our gifts, our talents. but we have the God of all grace to rely upon who is both able and willing to help us. His grace is sufficient. And therefore, He's entirely trustworthy. So we have good reason to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and to lean not upon our own understanding. But now, not only are these reasons the ground of our confidence, the reasons to trust in our God, they're really also the basis of our comfort. Because this passage is a source of comfort. It's true that it's really a calling. Trust in the Lord, but yet, as God's people, we often turn to it for comfort because there is comfort to be found here. That comfort comes out especially at the very end that this God will direct our paths. Verse 6, In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. Literally, He will make your paths straight. He will make your paths smooth. This is the same word that's used in the well-known Isaiah 40 verse 3. The voice of Him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And now that same word translated as make straight there is being used here when it speaks of God directing our paths. That is, He he makes them straight. He makes them smooth. And that does not mean He makes our lives easy. That's not the case. This is not a promise that God is going to give us everything that we ever want, that He's going to take away anything that would ever hurt us. And that cannot be the understanding because of what we read just a few verses down. In verses 11 and 12, my son despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction, for whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a... Father, the Son in whom He delighteth. There are times where God does discipline us. There are times where life's pathway is not easy. And that could be because God is disciplining us. It could be just a part of His providence for our lives. But either way, the point is when this verse speaks of Him making straight, making smooth our paths, it's not a promise to make our lives easy. But instead, this means on the one hand, He will surely bring us down the right path. He's going to make it straight. You see, from one point of view, life's pathway is full of twists, bends, turns, bumps. And from our perspective, it seems anything but straight but from another point of view, it's as straight as an arrow. Because it's just the right path that runs from our birth all the way to heaven. There's no detours. There's no side trails. It's straight in God's eyes and because it's the path that leads us to live with Him in heaven. He knows the right path. And He will direct our path. He will make it straight. He will ensure that we go down the very path that we must go down. The path that He has planned out for us. The path that leads to heaven. That on the one hand is what this means that God will direct our paths. On the other hand, it means He will give us the strength to go down that path. He'll make it smooth. Not in the sense that there's no bumps. Not in the sense that there's no obstacles or hurdles. But smooth in the sense that He's going to get us over all of them. He's going to guide us through them so that there is no roadblock that stumps our God that He comes to and says, I don't know how to bring my child over this. He makes it smooth in the sense of guiding us through each and every obstacle, each and every hurdle that we face. And that's our comfort. He will direct our paths. And that then is reason to acknowledge him. Even as we're taught to do at the beginning of verse 6 In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Recognize him. Take notice of him. Acknowledge his providence, his plan. Acknowledge it in the sense of saying, This is what God's will for me. And when it's good, then I'm going to be thankful. When it's difficult, well, then I'm going to submit because I'm acknowledging, I'm recognizing this is God's plan for my life. This is under His providential control. But we acknowledge not just His providence, we acknowledge His grace. So that when we come to the other side of an obstacle, we. We don't step back and say, well, look at what I've done to get myself over that. But we say, look at what He's done. It was His all-sufficient grace that got me through that. We're to acknowledge Him. Which is to say, we're to give Him the credit. We have no reason to boast that we've made it this far, that we've gotten to this point in life. It's all His work. And therefore, we are to acknowledge our God even as we trust Him to direct our paths to make them straight, to make them smooth. May God use this Word to strengthen our faith so that with an ever greater faith we lean upon Him instead of ourselves. Amen. Our Father in heaven, we thank thee for the gift of faith, which thou hast worked in our hearts, and we pray that thou wilt strengthen our faith by means of thy word, and so work in us by thy spirit to trust in thee with all our heart instead of leaning upon our own understanding. And at the same time, work in us so that by faith, we acknowledge Thee in all our ways. Acknowledging Thy providence in our lives. Acknowledging Thy grace as the explanation for our salvation and the explanation for how we continue to walk down life's path. Apply this Word unto our hearts. And hear this prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen.